Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the f are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Do you find your home is constantly messy and your mind is always muddled? Do you long for more clarity in your thoughts and simplicity in your life? If you answered yes to these questions, then we think it's time you know the secret to experiencing freedom and joy. Join us as we unpack all the things that create clutter in our lives and learn the key to living a decluttered and organized life that you can embrace and enjoy. Together, we will explore what it takes to have a home that is welcoming and well-organized, where you're free to focus on living freely and abundantly. Visit theartofdecluttering.com.au to find out more about joining our online course community. Welcome to the Art of Decluttering podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Kirsty Frugia from Feels Like Home Professional Organizers. And I'm Amy Ravel from Simply Organized. We can't wait to share with you all our tips and tricks to help you declutter and keep your home and family organised. If you'd like to engage with the podcast further, you can find us at The Art of Decluttering on Facebook. Let's get started. You've joined us for episode 59 of The Art of Decluttering. Today we'll be talking about decluttering and organising with toddlers. This episode was brought to you thanks to the lovely Natalie Coolman. I love, Natalie, that you even think this is possible. Or maybe you don't think it's possible and you're testing us. Is it possible to declutter with toddlers? Mm, good. Let's see. It totally <laughs> is, Natalie. Um, if you want to go back and listen to episode one, we talk a lot about decluttering and organizing toys in episode number one. And let's be honest, a lot of life with toddlers is about the stuff they play with. So we'll talk a little bit more about that today, how to declutter with toddlers, not just for toddlers. In episode 47, we talked about what to do in between kids with all their stuff. But Natalie wanted us to talk about decluttering with toddlers. So awesome. if you are, if that interests you, what to do with stuff between kids, if you're in that season, go listen to episode 47. We've got a plethora of topics that we've already talked about, haven't we? And I'm kind of excited to really, because this is a great one, because you and I have both been through this. Yes. As professional organizers and as minimalists and as organized people. 
people. It's not like we went through this 20 years ago and we've since changed seasons and we're now organized. We actually did this with kids. Let me say not perfectly, but intentionally and with some level of success. Yeah, some level. So I wanted to tell you about a story I had happened to me when I'm sure I may have shared this before. Have I shared it before? You have once before, but share it again because it's a different context than new listeners and all the rest. Yep. So I distinctly remember Ollie was at a season, he probably was about 15 months old, and he was at that season where they swipe everything. Swiper, don't swipe. Swiper, don't swipe. (laughs) Only parents of toddlers will know what I am talking about right now. Mm. And for everybody else, it was a Dora reference. <laughs> uh, so he would, yeah, we had one of the IKEA Expedit or Calax units in our cord, um, and it was just the five by ones. And we had that set up along the ground, and he had lo- lots of toy baskets in the in the holes, and he had a whole. We had all the toys set up on top of it, which wasn't the wisest move of parents because he was at that stage where he would just thought it was hysterical to just swipe everything onto the ground like it was just the best fun for him yeah because he's walking along like arm outstretched and just watching everything hit the ground yeah yeah it was super fun for him not so super fun for simon and i well he was too young to clean up after himself and he was too young to cognitively realize the impact (laughs) that he was having on driving on, you stir crazy. on my sanity yes so I remember one day and we'd been working with him like no honey we don't do that and we're gentle but we're respectful with our toys we don't want to ruin the toys being very trying to teach him as best as I could being a new mum and thinking I knew everything <laughs> And then I had my very beautiful friend over and she was quite a lot further advanced in her parenting than I was. She had like mid 20 year old kids or early 20 year old kids at the time. And she said to me, Kirsty, it's okay. Because I was whinging to her about, oh, this kid does this every single day. It's getting very frustrated. And she goes, Kirsty, it's okay. It's what he's meant to do. Like, And it just made me go, ah, yes. It is okay. Like, it's okay that he's doing that and it's okay that I'm trying to teach him, but I need to have grace for him and grace for myself that this is the season that we're in. And I'm happy to report that at nine, he does not do that. <laughs> yes, that's what I was thinking. Like, if, if that was a behaviour that he annoyingly took through to his tween years and every time he walked past your desk, swipe, Emily's craft room, swipe, annoying. 15 months old, it's cause and effect. Yes, yes. All that to say that toddlers are beautiful. And a lot of hard work. Yes. A lot of work. Not always hard, but they require constant attention. Yes. And love and feeding. And And love and feeding. And cuddling and exploring and curiosity and all the goodness that toddlers I have brilliant memories of my children in the toddler years because I was so full of energy because I was not pregnant. (laughs) I was so excited to not be pregnant that we would do craft every afternoon. So we had kind of this routine. We'd go out in the mornings, we'd go to a park or a play date or a play centre or just outside at our house. Then we'd come in, we'd have lunch, we'd have stories, and then we would do craft every afternoon at about 3 o'clock. 
usually inspired by Mr. Maker because yes. I loved Mr. Maker. <laughs> I don't even know if it's on TV it anymore. Is. It, is, is, it? it is. It is. It is. He was just awesome. And so we'd do craft. Like we really had this beautiful routine that I was loving. And I was home a lot when the kids were that age. And it was such a precious season, such a precious season. And one where I really developed my organizing skills, really developed it. And we're going to share some of those with you today. And just for those listeners out there who are not like Amy and actually hate doing craft with your kids because it takes you two hours to set it up and prep and do everything and then they play with it for two seconds, you've got company here. It's okay. You can send them to preschool for that. Oh, yeah. Kinders are awesome for craft. Once my kids went to kinder, I pretty much never did craft again. I was like, great. I'm paying someone else to do craft with you now. Yeah. Like, I am off the hook. (laughs) (laughs) So we do want to encourage you to have grace for yourself and grace for your little ones in this challenging and beautiful season of their lives and yours. So when we're talking toddlers, we're really talking from as soon as they can walk. So whether that's a year or 18 months or two years, however old your child walks, really until they're kind of heading into three-year-old kinder and probably that three-year-old kinder age as well, like that real true toddler stage where they're experimenting, learning, pushing boundaries, learning language, getting into habits. And it is a beautiful spongy time in their brains where you can train them positive reinforcement to do things that will help them to fully enjoy playing and exploring and learning. And being a helpful member of your family. I know. Who would have thought that two-year-olds can be helpful members of the family? But they totally can. Oh, and they and isn't it cute at that stage they absolutely love helping? Oh, yeah. Like, like when when I they sweet? get a little brother or sister and they're just like, I'll go get the nappy. Yeah. I'll go do this. I'll go do this. Where's the bottle? I'll get the dummy. Can I help you vacuum? I want to vacuum. Or... My kids, they were petrified of the vacuum cleaner. Oh, my kids always wanted to clean the toilets. <laughs> and still, I may be the only mother in Australia whose children ask if they can please clean the toilets. At you're, Now at 10 and 12. You're a strange family. Oh, I'm not going to argue with you about that. And I'm not going to say to my kids that that's not normal because I'm so okay with it. <laughs> you keep that up. But I, I think they, I don't know why. It is odd. But anyway, toddlers, my children, even at toddler stage, were interested in cleaning the toilet. Maybe it's just a boy obsession with wee and poo. Probably. Probably. Yeah. So we think you should start to get your kids involved with packing up particularly. I don't Mm. think decluttering when they're that age is as much of a focus as you make it natural. Oh, no, darling, that toy broke. Let's put it in the bin. Or, oh, this toy you don't play with anymore. Maybe that can go to your little cousin. Rather than saying, all right, we're going to declutter your playroom today. Like that's a bit full on if your kid's 18 months, two years old. Yes, definitely. (laughs) But they can help you. Like if you're doing the linen cupboard and they're not having a nap and that's what you really want to declutter today, then get them involved and talk to them about your mindset. Like go, oh, honey, these are for a double bed. We got rid of the double bed when we got your cot. (laughs) So... Mummy's going to let these go to people who need a double bed, who oh, need like double that. bed sheets. So teaching them the habits that you're learning and that you already have, I think that you is so awesome to get them to really think about how to assess what they need to keep and what they don't need to keep. And sh- and your parent, like you're um, teaching them as you're learning as well. 
And to the language that we use with young children, like if they've got, say, board books, you know, the ones that are made of cardboard, yes. and you feel like they're really moving on to picture books, and say they're three and a half, four years old, instead of saying, do you want these board books anymore, which, in which the answer is 99.9% of the time going to be yes, yes. You can say, hey, now that you're such a big girl and doing really well reading your picture books, how about we send your board books to other smaller children who would be wanting to read them? So, you know, really framing for those young children is a really important part of teaching them kind of those habits. I love it. So good. We also um, were talking previously before we hopped on about um, storing kids toys and yes. we spoke about this in the kids toy episode but let's um let's go back there go back and say that it's really helpful for kids to have pictures um young kids to have pictures on containers and so then when you go to pack up they can easily see that the dinosaurs go in the dinosaur box and the blocks go in the block box and the play-doh goes in the play-doh box and so that's really really helpful and also to get in there and play with them like not only play the actual dinosaurs and the blocks and the play-doh but go hey it's time to pack up we're going to sit down and have lunch so before we have lunch we've got to pack up all these dinosaurs that we were just playing with let's see who can do it the quickest and make it fun yeah make it like enthusiastic and get in there and help them and do it particularly because they're so young and they may still at nine and seven want you to help them back up maybe from experience and you can still get in there and help them and set a good example for them but I promise you by nine and seven they're more than capable of doing it themselves and you can just remind them that they're capable of doing it themselves. And there's so much opportunity for learning during that like hey we're going to pack up the cars can you find all the green cars first and you get all the green okay what about the yellow cars or we're going to pack up the puzzle can you find the pieces that look like the box so there is just so many opportunities to continue your learning not to think of this is the chore and the play is the play really think broadly like actually packing things up or let's see if we can hold five things each in each hand or why don't we pack up six things each you know that kind of stuff can really help um i loved what you were saying kirst about those baskets and having containers I love the idea of not having lids on containers where possible for young children's toys. Firstly, because the lids will hardly ever end up back on the containers. And secondly, because there's that ability just to kind of throw things away. You've got the cars, you've tipped it out. Children want to tip stuff out. So just yes. have it that be okay with that. We're not going to give you any tips to stop that. That's just going to happen. Sorry. Peeps. Sorry about that. <laughs> you can have a refund if that's what you were here for. <laughs> But by having a box without a lid, you can just tip the box back up and throw things in. So that can be a really helpful thing. I do, however, recommend that for craft things, for messy play, do have stuff with containers. Firstly, so things don't dry out because it's frustrating when you go back and the glue or the paint or the glitter has dried out. But secondly, so that it's harder for them to get their uh, interested little fingers (laughs) in there when you're not in the room or even store them up high. Yeah, and that's what we do. We still have Play-Doh up high and it has to be asked to go down. Oh, that's great. <laughs> at seven. <laughs> she can um, she can do it herself, but she often chooses to still ask mummy and daddy to help her get it down. 
<laughs> but it's great. Like containers with lids are perfect for those type of things. Great advice, Amy. Thank you. And how can we be teaching our children about intentional consumerism to not think that every single time that mummy takes me to the shops, I get to pick a toy? Um, or if that is the way that you want to do it, if you do want to be the kind of parent that says, every time you go grocery shopping, I want to buy you something, how do you stop it at the other end from taking over your house? Yeah, that, that's great. I think that it is really... One tip that we often give is one in, one out. So if you do need to buy something for your a toy for your child to get through the shopping experience, there's no shame there. <laughs> do that. <laughs> Or do calls online, bullies online. (laughs) Or buy them something different. Maybe instead of buying a toy, you could say, we're going to make your favorite dessert. Or we'll save up, like you'll get five points every time and we'll save up for a book. So you can get creative with how that looks as well. Yes. However, if you are that type of person who needs to get through the shopping trip with a toy, then when you get home, say, oh, how awesome that you chose that another red car today. Why don't we go in and choose a red car that we already have in the box and we can give it to somebody who doesn't have any cars. So yeah, we really like that one in, one out rule and even potentially one in, two out. Yeah. If you're trying to declutter, that's perhaps a gentler way than saying, all right, we're going to get rid of 50% of everything that you own. You can do that one in, couple out rule. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. So we're talking about being intentional um, about what we actually bring into the home. And we love encouraging all our beautiful listeners um, to do that, to be intentional and to set limits on things. So with toddlers, it's really a season of growth for them. So it's really easy to go out and buy lots of clothes and lots of toys or to have them given to you by grandparents, loving grandparents, loving family members, or have hand-me-downs from people. So, which is awesome, and we really appreciate that, and it's an expensive time of life because kids are growing so quickly and they're changing their interests really quickly. However, we do have some tips for you around um, what to do with gifts and with toys, and in episode 18, we talk about gifts, and in episode episode 24, we talk about Christmas gifts. So both of those episodes are really good um, talking about what other things other than toys we can give our children. It's never too young to be introducing children to the concept of minimalism. So my kids never were short on toys. That was because they had very generous grandparents um, and we had also loved on them with some different toys. But what I found was is they kind of always went to the same type of things. So Play-Doh was huge in our family. Cars, trains and tracks was really big in our family. 
Um, outside toys, massive hit. My kids love being outside at any opportunity. And so we found that we tended to have broad categories of things. So rather than having 50 different types of toys that you felt like there was always bits of this and bits of that, that it's hard to organize. We just had some broad categories and little people, those Fisher Price little yeah. people. Oh, they were so cute and their little toddler, fat little toddler hands around the little people. <laughs> oh, I can just picture it. So we had some containers that had like full sets in it. So a large container that didn't have a lid that would have trains, cars and tracks because that was played with together. So it wasn't like the cars went in one box and the tracks went in another box and the trains went in another. It was, and when they wanted to play, we simply just picked up that box took it out, played with it, and it was easy to just bring that box into what they had then in their bedrooms, a play area, or really a storage area because they played in the family room. Anyone else had that experience? You think you're setting up a playroom for the kids and then find out they just want to be hanging around your feet. (laughs) So those open boxes with broad categories for us was a great way to not only teach the kids to keep their stuff organised, but so that they could just pick a box and play happily. And if you do find that you have loads of toys because of generosity from family members and yourself, because you're so eager to love on your children in that way, um, another idea is to rotate toys around. Oh, yes. So that you have a set of toys that you have out for a week or two, and then you pack them up, put them high up in a cupboard or somewhere away from the kids, and you bring out the second rotation of toys and you can do that you can have like three or four sets or you can just have two sets or yeah however it would work in your family you can rotate toys because then kids um it means you don't have to necessarily get rid of toys you don't have to declutter them if you're thinking that the kids may get into them one day but you can rotate them so you don't have to have everything you don't have to have containers um, or space in your small lounge room or a small playroom for everything. Rotate toys around and then it keeps the kids engaged and interested and nurtures their creativity. It keeps things fresh so you don't get bored as the parent. Yeah. Because you kind of get, kids like repetition. Yes. And they like playing the same games. And ours, I don't know if yours did, Kirst, but there was lots of like that hold a character and it would talk and then you had to talk back, like this role play kind of thing, but with little toys. And I kind of get sick of it. Do you know what I hated? What? Playing mummies. Oh, yeah, see. Because I'm always the mummy. What's well, like, boring? I was, uh, I'm like, why would I, why, why do I want to role play myself? Yeah. This is not role playing. This is my real life child. <laughs> Can I play the Can baby? Can I please play the baby? I yeah. would do that with Emily. Can I'm I very, lie on the ground I'm and like, you stroke my hair? I'm sorry, honey, but I'm only playing this if I get to be the baby. And then I'd act it up. Ham it up for her. Like, <laughs> I don't want to eat that. I don't want to play. I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to. You were a mean baby. <laughs> I was a very mean baby. I didn't do that very often, but sometimes when I was, you know, when you just like push to the edge. <laughs> so, what are some other tips that we can give people for decluttering with toddlers? How do we do it alongside them? Because what I think people are scared of and I've heard lots of people say is I start decluttering their stuff and they follow behind me pulling it out of the bags but that's my favorite toy I can't sleep with that book was given to me by Nana (laughs) how do you overcome that kind of stuff I think it is really teaching them why it is that we're doing it and to not let go of everything (laughs) like let give them boundaries 
Aha, I've, I've landed on what I wanted to say. <laughs> Give them boundaries. So say you want to, say you're feeling overwhelmed by how many trains they have. Say, okay, honey, we are going to keep your 10 favorite trains. Or, hey, honey, we're only going to keep Chuggington and we're going to let go of Thomas. Chuggington, I remember that show. <laughs> it's the best. Chuggington. Chugga, 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 chugga. <laughs> Sorry, peeps. We're having like a bit of a um, reminisce flashback yeah. to when our children were toddlers eight, ten years ago. Yeah. So say, give your kids boundaries and set limits on it. So say, right, like this box has been overflowing. This box is now overflowing because you just got new toys for your birthday or it's just been Christmas or, you know, we just got hand-me-downs from somebody else. So let's set a limit. And this box this container can be a natural limit or yeah just think about setting boundaries for your children and mm. letting them um, choose and help them figure out their own mindsets like go well I know that like Aunty Kathy gave that to you and she's really precious so how else can we remember Aunty Kathy oh, and I love it. what else has Aunty Kathy given you that we can um, be excited that Aunty Kathy loves us so much and do you notice how when kids go to childcare you can walk into a room of 30 children and they're all playing really nicely and often individually like they're not quite at the age where they're playing together but if you walked into a childcare room, so picture, if your child goes to childcare, picture what the room likes when you arrive in the morning and then picture what your toy area looks like. Is it similar or does your toy room look like somebody just went through there with a, a fan force and put every toy in random places on the floor, out of order, out of containers? Because when children walk into chaos... The confused mind says no. And that goes for children as well. They walk in, they just look around like, I don't know what to do. But when they walk into a play area that's organized, whether that's at home or childcare, it's like the blocks are over there and that's where the blocks always are. And if I want to play blocks, I go over there. And this is where the drawing is. And this is where that is. And this is where the cars are. And so think about what that's like and maybe try and set that up at your place. Because if all your toys are on the floor or all in one big toy box, that's really confusing for kids. Yeah, I love that idea of having an invitation to play. So setting up the toy blocks and saying, hey, honey, after breakfast this morning, we're going to play with the toys. That is beautiful. An invitation to play. Hmm. I, did you come up with that? No, I did not. Oh, I wish you did because that's awesome. <laughs> no, it's an early childhood thing. Ah, I did not come up with it. It's brilliant. Yeah. And also an invitation to play can be led by Okay, hun, I you really want to play with the play-doh, but we're still we were playing with the blocks. Let's pack up all the blocks first, and then we can move on to the play-doh. Just really encouraging that we're finished with something, and the finishing of that task is actually the packing away of that task. That's part of the process. Yes, yeah, I love that. That is the whole process. The process starts by getting the toys out. The process finishes by putting those toys back. I love that. What we do in our house is before dinner, even now, even to this day, before dinner, we go, all right, dinner's going to be ready in 20 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever. It's time to pack up. And so we then head into dinner with everything packed away instead of toys and craft items and Lego and books lying all around. Because then you get into, and particularly with toddlers, then you get into the witching hour and it can go on. It can be witching 
feels like witching days. <laughs> yeah, it, it usually you're thinking, okay, five o'clock, I know between five and seven, I need to be attentive and, you know, productivity is a write-off. But yeah. what if that starts at four? You need to be on it. Yeah. So look at the rhythm of your children and look at the rhythm of their day. And if they need some quiet time in the afternoon, then go, okay, it's time to read some books. Let's pack up Thomas now and let's go and sit and read books. Or we're going to listen to a kid's podcast while I'm cooking dinner so that they're, if they're audible learners, they can, they can learn that way. I would say that one of the key um, pieces of advice that we would give you is if you feel like you are constantly in a cluttered mess with your toddler's toys or your children's toys, it's probably a good indication that you've got too many if it's constantly feeling cluttered. So the answer to that is to declutter and go back to episode one and go through that. We went really specifically. How do you go about it? What's the first thing you do? What's the steps that you do? What kind of containers can you use? Because if if in any area of your life and home, there's constantly um, tension, and I don't mean tension as in arguing, but there's this constant oh, frustration. frustration. It's a fairly good indicator that that area could be moved more towards a minimalistic and decluttered way of life. And there's heaps of um, articles that we could send you to, but we'll probably just put up one or two this week about minimalism and kids' toys. And often they talk about having open-ended play toys like Lego and blocks and things that can be used in multiple ways um, and creative ways so that, you know, the blocks can be people talking to each other as well as building a structure. As well as building a farmyard, as yeah. well as building a bottle for mummies and babies. Yes, so that they're like... Yeah, open-ended creative ways of playing. So um, if you have, have got really young kids who are moving into toddlerhood and you haven't amassed a whole shop full of toys yet, then think about having um, open-ended buying open-ended toys. Excellent. And just before we finish up, I want to encourage you that if you are feeling overwhelmed in this area of your home, if you've got toddlers, you feel like you're just not able to get your mojo, Kirsty and I would love to come in and work with you and help you train your toddlers, not just work with you and ignore the toddlers. We can work with both of you or we can work with you to help you get a clean slate and give you the, the skills and the tools to keep it that way. So be in touch with either of us if that is something we could help you with. And if you have a friend who is in this season, then please feel free. I can't talk this afternoon. Please feel free to share this episode with them because no doubt they will find something to take away from this episode. We hope that has answered your questions, Natalie. And have a great week, guys, learning to declutter with your toddlers. And we will catch you next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us. If you've learned something awesome today, do a friend a favor and share this episode so they too can learn the art of decluttering. You can find me, Amy, over at simplyorganized.net or on Facebook as Simply Organized PO. You can find me, Kirsty, over at feelslikehome.net.au or on Facebook as Feels Like Home PO. 
Don't forget, you can see the show notes in your podcast app or over at our website, theartofdecluttering.com.au. So if there's anything you want more info on, check it out there. If you love what you hear, we'd really appreciate you leaving a review on iTunes. We hope you've enjoyed listening and that you've learned some tips to help you declutter and keep your home organised. If you'd like to join our supporter community, you can do so over at patreon.com forward slash decluttering. We hope you have a great rest of your day and enjoy the freedom. Do you find your home is constantly messy and your mind is always muddled? Do you long for more clarity in your thoughts and simplicity in your life? If you answered yes to these questions, then we think it's time you know the secret to experiencing freedom and joy. Join us as we unpack all the things that create clutter in our lives and learn the key to living a decluttered and organized life that you can embrace and enjoy. Together, we will explore what it takes to have a home that is welcoming and well-organized, where you're free to focus on living freely and abundantly. Visit theartofdecluttering.com.au to find out more about joining our online course community. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. <laughs> 